Hi everyone, if you want to know what I look like, then head over to my Instagram, there's a link to it in the description. It's that creepypasta guy, and the at is tcpg underscore one. So if you want to have a chat with me and talk about anything you like, it could be horror related or not horror related, I don't mind, then just send me a message over there and I'm happy to talk. I'm also trying to get a thousand followers over there, so please go over there and follow me as it would really help me out. Thanks a lot guys. I grew up in Ohio in the 70s and me and my childhood friend Joe were outside all the time we could manage it. Joe lived on a farm that bordered a pretty big forest and my parents would drop me off in the morning and we'd stay in the woods all weekend. We'd only come out for school. We loved pretending we were frontiersmen. We'd build shelters, traps, and practice making fires with sticks, the whole nine yards. When we got to be in high school, we got this notion to pull a stand by me. This was based on the movie that came out with the same name. The idea is that we'd walk the railroad tracks out in the country, but instead of looking for a dead body, we'd just find cool bridges to fish from, and camp a little ways from the tracks. Of course we knew this was dangerous, and we'd likely be trespassing, but we were kids. We had a lot of fun, we did find beautiful rivers, we discovered bridges no one went to, we fished, we hid from trains, at night we camped in the woods just near the tracks and made small hidden fires, nothing bad ever happened, it was idyllic, in fact it was so fun we did it multiple times, never had a problem. After high school, me and Joe went our own ways, we both left home. Both always stayed in touch and always tried to coordinate visits so we'd see each other occasionally. Well, one summer in the mid-90s, it worked out that we were both in town for about a week. We'd do stuff with family in the day, and at night, we'd either catch drinks at a bar or sit outside Joe's house around a fire and talk about the old days. One night, me and Joe got to talking about our stand-by-me trips. Well, nostalgia and beer are a hell of a mix. Soon, we decided to take a day, walk the rails, camp one night and walk home. The day came and we started out early morning. We had my wife drop us off in our old spot where we used to start, right outside our hometown. She thought this was absolutely crazy and made sure to mention it. When Joe pulled away, Joe suggested that instead of walking the usual route, we take the opposite direction just to be adventurous. We knew the land well, we had a map, so I gave her what the hell and we set off. The day went fine. It was fun and a little sad, but in a good way. We found a bridge and sat on the edge, smoked a joint and moved on. We had no fishing gear, but we brought some canned food and other stuff. Before night started setting in, we picked a spot to camp. It was a thick forested area, trees on every side of the train tracks, so you felt like using a tunnel. We had brought small hammocks to sleep on, but before we set them up, we decided to do a little scouting of the perimeter. Now, this is what we used to do in the old days too. We'd walk around a little bit to make sure some dude towers wasn't just over the hill and we were actually camping on their yard. We walked around maybe a hundred or so feet into the woods, up a small incline. We figured if we didn't see anything from the top of this short hill, we'd be fine. But when we got to the top, we saw an old building down at the bottom, about a hundred yards into the woods. It was barely visible. We pondered over what to do. We both assumed it was a sugar shack or something, because there didn't appear to be a clear road into it. 
From where we were, there didn't look to be anyone in either. All was quiet, no movement could be seen, no lights. We decided to walk a little closer, just to make sure. We came down the hill very slowly, and as we neared the building, we saw it wasn't a sugar shack at all. It was an old church. It looked like it had been abandoned for years. It was a squat, sagging building whose wooden planks were almost black from the years of moss and rot. A cross still stood on the top of the place, also weathered and black. None of the windows had glass, and there were no doors, just open doorways. We get close enough to see inside. There were rows of pews and a built-up section in front for a preacher to stand. We didn't go in all the way. We didn't want to. Beyond that, there was no sign of anyone else. No footprints, no paths, no roads. It was an abandoned church. We left immediately and went up the hill to our spot we picked a camp. Having a hill between us and the church made us feel better, but we were still a little uneasy. We chalked it up to the natural creepiness of seeing a church in the middle of the woods. Besides, it was at this point it was dusk, and we just decided to rig up our hammocks and go sleep and move on in the morning. Night set in, and we lay on our hammocks and shot the shit. We began to hear something in the direction of the church. Our conversation went a little like this. Did you hear that? What the fuck was that? What was that? It sounds like people singing. And it did sound just like people singing. We both slid right out of our hammocks and hunkered down, straining to hear more. We listened for a minute or two, and the singing continued, but it wasn't getting louder. Finally, we decided to creep back up the hill and see if we could spy on the sound, and even where it was coming from. We could still move very quietly in the woods from the old days. It was second nature to us. The moon was barely out, but it provided enough light so you wouldn't walk right into a tree, but it was near enough pitch black. We didn't use flashlights as we crept slowly up on the hill, and we didn't talk. When we got to the top, we saw a light in the distance. It was coming from the church, and the singing was coming from inside. Joe and I put our heads close together and had a hushed conversation that boiled down to, Can you believe this? The light looked to be candlelight from the way it flickered, and though we tried, we couldn't make out what was being sung. It sounded like church music, but in another language. We sat and watched for a while, trying to see who was in there, but we only saw occasional shadows. We had no intention of getting closer either. We had about a football field length between us, and we aimed to keep it that way. The singing continued for a bit, and then it stopped. After that, a booming male voice began to chant. I was already freaked out, but this voice thoroughly scared the hell out of me. It sounded like some old treasurement preacher you see in the movies, but it was like he was speaking in a different language because we couldn't understand a single word. Eventually, it got to where the single male voice would say something, and then a bunch of voices would answer in a song. This lasted for a while, and then they would all broke into this long, sustained wail that just kept getting louder. It got so loud and so disturbing that I covered my ears, but then it stopped. At this point, I was just getting ready to say, let's get the hell out of here, when Joe put his hand on my shoulder and hissed, they're coming out. We were far enough away that we couldn't make them out really well, but we could see what was a line of figures walk out the open doorway all holding hands in single file. We could see some of them had flashlights. They began to sing again, and the light from the flashlights began to move towards us and the hill. We booked it back to our campsite, grabbed our stuff and ran back to the tracks. Once there, we ran down the tracks in the direction we'd come from. 
After a few minutes, we stopped and looked back. We saw lights coming down the hill. They were moving erratically like whoever was holding them was shaking them. We continued to run in spurts and walk as fast as we could. We eventually stopped seeing the lights and came to a road. By our map, we knew a small town was about 15 minutes down it. We walked there, got to a 24-hour gas station and called my wife to get us. My wife and other friends all thought it was just kids messing around. But I heard those voices and I'm sure as hell they didn't sound like kids to me. Not sure who those people were, but it was definitely the creepiest thing that's ever happened to me out in the woods. I love waking up in the dark and walking the sunrise with my dogs. I didn't intend to own two huskies and a German Shepherd mix, but they each found me and I couldn't turn them away. We usually jog about 5 miles daily, often in the neighbourhood, but nearly as often I load up in the van and drive 10 minutes to the wooded metro park. I love it there. There are some trails that allow quads and motorbikes, some bicycles and skis, just some people. And last year they opened a new one that allows pets. It's about a 5 mile loop into the area farthest from the city. We live on the northeastern edge of town, but in the dark, with no leaves on the trees, you can see the red glow of the CV sign for most of the hike. These are tamed woods, with asphalt paths and concrete fire pits, and rangers patrolling regularly, and the hospital behind the CVs means there's an emergency medical care in walking distance. I was up coughing again in the night. I had a serious case of pneumonia two months ago and was not fully recovered when this sinus infection hit me. I'm past the fever part, so we're walking, not jogging, again, but after being up in the night, I didn't get up in time to go for a walk before I dropped my kids off at school. Then my youngest had an appointment, and then I had to run a few errands, and then I had unexpected visitors right after school and then they stayed for dinner, and finally I got the dogs into the van, and we made it to the park just before it got to dark. I was irritated at all the little things that kept me from my walk at that day, but as we drove all the way back to the back of the park, I realised we'd be walking in the sunset, watching out over the lake and the hills through the bare trees, and the park was clearing out. Now it started towards dark, we would nearly have the place to ourselves, and we might not have to pull off the path to let others pass us. An amazing number of people who are afraid of dogs hike that pet path. All those little rotations had up to this singular moment of beauty I would not otherwise have seen and appreciated. This was going to be a really good walk. Funny how life works out when you let it. I parked in my spot at the furthest end of the parking lot by the bathrooms. A mile long people, walkers and joggers only path looped through the woods and by the lake and came out by the bathrooms. I liked it when I came here alone. It was a glorious walk through the Bob Ross painting. My mind cleared and my thoughts quietened and I simply experienced the woods. My feet on the path, my dogs panting, the nature sounds, the beauty of the sky. I absolutely loved it. About halfway now and the city sounds had faded away until I could only hear birds, frogs and insects all singing their songs of territory and mating and life. Crack. Utter silence and absolute stillness. My dogs and I turned instantly towards the source of the sound and I froze. Behind us, and to the right, 
The sound had come from a crest of a hill. I could see nothing, and I heard only the dogs panting. I waited for nature sounds to return, and they didn't. All three dogs slowly raised their ruffs, first standing on end all around their shoulders and necks. Towels held up tall and proud, making themselves look larger and more threatening. I took a step towards them, and the female husky, the leader of my little pack, instantly put her ears back and her head down and pulled me down the path. All three of them left their towels and ruffs up, but the two males also put their ears back and heads down and began to pull me, so off we went. The woods were still silent. But you must have startled a buck on the slope, not seen him, and after we passed he leapt down the hill and jumped on a dead tree and his hoof hit the dead branch and the branch broke crack and scared everyone. Why were the woods still silent? Maybe there's someone up there, homeless people must stay here sometimes, the bathrooms have heat so pipes don't freeze. This is about as far as the path goes, it could be a place to sleep, maybe he's setting up shelter and a crack broke a branch. Why are the woods still silent? We were about as far from the city as we could get in these woods, and you couldn't see the CV sign, or the glow from the street lights, or even hear the traffic noises. It was dark, still, and absolutely quiet, except for the panting of dogs and forceps of footprints on the path. I wanted to run. The dogs wanted to run. Bigfoot. That was it. Bigfoot breaking a log. There are no Bigfoot in city limits, I promise you that, Brain. It was a deer. The woods are still quiet because of the US. I have 200 pounds of dog here, yes, they're big huskies, and another 200 pounds of me. Yeah, I'm a little fat, but I've got a good muscle underneath. I have broad shoulders that don't fit into a woman's shirt, and big hands that don't fit into women's gloves. We are the scariest things in these woods, not a bear. There's no bear, there's no wolves, there's no Bigfoot. There are deer and there's foxes, and there might be an angry raccoon, but we're the biggest, baddest, scariest thing in these woods. Unless someone's in here with a gun. The dogs had not stopped, once a sniff or mark, heads down, ears back, towels and ruffs still held high. They just wanted to go. We had almost gone a mile now, me craning my head the whole time, trying to see as far as I could in directions while I was letting the dogs pull me down the path. And it was still absolutely silent, except us. Here came the third and longest of the three steep hills on the trail. I'd been running these to rebuild my strength and endurance, but if I ran this, I'd be blown at the top. It were curved around its crest, and you couldn't see anything past the thick trees. The top were as if deeper in the woods you could follow a more gradual route up the crest of the hill to wait, unseen for someone to come up this path. Ambush? It was a deer. Turn around. It was a deer. What was behind us? Ambush. Deer, gun, Bigfoot, what was it? This is why I run. The noise in my head is unbearable otherwise. Up the hill, walk, pay attention, watch the dogs. The dogs are still on alert, but didn't hesitate to go up the hill. In fact, they wanted to go faster. Just walk. Be able to run or fight if you have to. Okay, I'm scared. The woods shouldn't be silent. The dogs shouldn't still be on alert. This is not a cat or a bear or a wolf, and I really doubt it's Bigfoot, but it could be a person. So let's be smart, just walk. We are not good prey. Dogs will protect me. Huskies might not alone, but the shepherd will, and they'll follow his lead. Be smart and get out. Only after about another mile to the lake, and it's the first parking lot, then another half mile to the lake, and we get the second lot where my van was. Hearing traffic noises now, but still no birds, no crickets, and no frogs. The smell almost stopped me in my tracks, but the dogs kept pulling, sour and grassy and oddly metallic and... ugh. Shit and blood, and partially digested grass. 
That's not the contents of a deer stomach. Someone had hunted these woods, and the dogs were not at all interested in the smell. I don't remember how much of the last mile, we just ran. Denza, the big female husky, finally stopped to drink some lake water as we came out of the parking lot. And then she began to sniff and pee. The boys followed her lead. There was a single truck parked. I relaxed quite a bit, but still felt an edge. Down the lake, in the next parking lot, I could see headlights. They must be parked and turn around at the end of the lot closest to the lake. The headlights illuminated the lakeside path. They're watching us. Halfway to the van now, and the car drove away. 20 feet from the van, I heard a motor coming down the nearest path. I decided to put the dogs in the car on the driver's side instead of the passenger side like normal. The sound of the motor came closer. The leashes caught on the armrest and I had to untangle them before the dogs could jump into the van. The motor came closer down the path. I had to be gone before it came out. I knew it was absolutely certain. Finally, the dogs were in. I slammed the door and jumped in the front, fumbling for the lock button, shaking hands and unclipping the keys from my jogging belt. Starting the car, I'm gunning it into reverse. And as my headlights swept over the entrance of the path by the bathrooms, they lit up a four-wheeler coming out of the woods. I was dropping the transmission into drive and hitting the gas, and as my brain processed what I saw, it informed me that there was something across the handlebars. A gun, a deer carcass, I couldn't tell, and because of the angle when pulling away, I couldn't see him in the rearview mirror at all.